cashed out on consumerism. This is how it goes. How do you want it? How does it feel? Sweetie and the stallion popping up everywhere with their own little saucy meals. How do you want it? Yeah. How does it feel? Feel. Shaq selling anything and everything from phones, flat irons to grills. Mm. Love the way they activate these prints to make us cash out. Got us wanting everything so bad we about to pass out. Christmas coming up. And we can't even lie about it. Brands hiring favorite rappers just to make them big deposits. So how do you want it? How does it feel? Knowing that your favorite celebrity just signed a deal with a brand you don't even like, but it's going to have you head over heels. How do you want it? How does it feel? That was so good. Welcome to the Creative Flock, the dopest spot for exploring all things tech, brands, and culture. We're a group of emerging creatives that come together after hours to pick each other's brains about any topic. And whether it's educational, thought-provoking, or just plain weird, it's always a vibe with us. So if you're at our block party, You've probably found yourself daydreaming about how the world could be and how the whole squad can win. Follow us on IG at the Creative Block Podcast and hit subscribe to come kick it with us every other Thursday on the Creative Block. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of the Creative Block, where we have been trying to illustrate the rapport between individuals and brands this season. So as you could tell from the poem, that poem was kind of about, you know, the hottest brand partnerships that are popping up left and right, from Sweetie to Megan Thee Stallion, and Shaq supporting and putting his name on everything and anything. And this week, we'll be discussing celebrity influencers, as well as like different brand partnerships and how those um, come to be. And then just the difference between just a brand partnership and how brands use influencers. So I'm back with none other than Jeremy. Hey, y'all, it's me. (laughs) Jeremy. And last but not least, the wonderful, the most amazing, SP. Her. Oh, no, you did not. No, you did not. Today, we're going to talk about partnerships, brand deals. It just feels Mm -hmm. like that's the only way to make it these days. And I'm trying to figure out how to get my check off of this. Amen. Y'all think we can become influencers? The Creative Block Podcast? I think we can. I, I, I believe we can. I have thought to myself, I feel like I have all of the makings of an influencer. I just don't have the grit. And maybe that's and maybe that's one of the makings of it that I am missing. But I feel like personality-wise, I I could succeed. I was feeling like that. But then we saw how the OnlyFans thing worked out with all 12 of my followers. <laughs> you really didn't even take it. Like you, you kind of didn't take it Y'all, that long. I applied myself. How long? How long? I, it was a couple of months. Two girl, it'd be taking it that focus. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the lesson for today then. Personally, I like to think of sponsored advertisements as brands kind of outsourcing their advertisement to other brands, like micro brands. We all do know that word of mouth advertising is the most valuable. But if you don't actually have a personal connection to something, the next best thing is someone that you know whether it's a celebrity or an influencer online. So 
kind of thinking about how I wanted to do this lesson today, I know I wanted to touch on these few takeaways. Number one, what is the difference between a sponsorship versus a partnership versus an endorsement? Number two, what are the ideal participants for a brand deal? And then number three, where is this crossover between influencer and celebrity? It just seems that more and more people are getting money for having a platform, creating content and becoming celebrities off of social media. So I kind of wanted to discuss a little bit about how people can make money off of their own personal brand. Let me go ahead and get out my notes for this session because I already, I already tell that the, the professor is going to have me out here jot some stuff down. Let's not put too much pressure on it, Jeremy, but for sure, go ahead and get that notebook out. <laughs> so sponsorship versus endorsement versus partnership. So for instance, Adidas sponsors the FIFA World Cup. That's a sponsorship. But an endorsement is a specific person who has a tie to the brand and is vouching for the brand. They use it and they're kind of like a brand ambassador. Think George Clooney and Nespresso. And then a partnership is where a person or another brand and a brand come together and collaborate to make something happen. They both have a vested interest in this event or activation or marketing tactic coming to life. We use Notion to organize ourselves for the Creative Block podcast. We have all of our meeting notes in here, all the episodes where we brainstorm, and we've created our own little wiki site based off of the infrastructure that is Notion. And we don't pay for it. They give it to us for free. What does that classify as? Is it a partnership? Is it a sponsorship? Is it an endorsement? What do you guys think about that? I, I think it's a, a sponsorship. Kind of like, like they know that we'll probably discuss that, you know, we use Notion or, you know, shout them out every now and then. Um, so they're sponsoring us. They're just giving that us a little piece of what they, you know, offer in hopes that we'll shout them out. Um, Professor SP, I would just like to acknowledge that Treasure gets no point for answering that question correctly because she did not raise her hand. So, oh. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> If, if you if you can so please please call call on me so I can Jeremy what do you think I think it is a sponsorship so aggravating <laughs> you guys would be correct because we're not actually creating any content for them to actually say hey this is our endorsement of notion this is brought to you by notion this is how we use it or whatnot nothing out of the organic conversation that we do and then we're not working with them to bring any activation to life or anything like that but they do sponsor us and they sponsor a lot of creators like us just because that's part of their mission. So speaking of mission statements, we wanted to talk a lot about the authenticity of these collaborations and that kind of being the basis of how successful they are. So if we go on to point number two of who are the ideal participants for brand deals, sometimes it's kind of obvious where celebrities have broad appeal or they might have a relationship with a brand that everybody knows about and then they kind of use it often and their values align with that brand but sometimes you have an unexpected partnership to brands that are seemingly unrelated but they kind of share a common goal and it helps out because sometimes the unlikeliness of the pairing helps things stick out in our mind but at the end of the day 
in the court of public opinion, the authenticity of the pairing is what makes or breaks this type of marketing. One kind of example of unlikely pairings, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but when the Star Trek, Star Trek or Star Wars, which one is George Lucas? Is Star Wars? Wars. Wars. Star Wars. Okay. So Lucasfilms and CoverGirl partnered up to hype up one of their movies that was coming out. And it kind of crossed paths. You wouldn't think of makeup in movies, but it kind of drew attention to and grabbed from similar target markets to kind of promote the film and promote CoverGirl, which is going to be doing advertisements anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but also in researching this, I didn't, I never heard about this, but apparently Ford and Tinder had a partnership. Did you guys ever see or hear about that? No. no. What was the partnership for? So Ford made a profile up for themselves on Tinder and a lucky few people got given a Ford Mustang as a match and then they had to like swipe right onto it it had like a little spiel about like taking you on a date and whatnot what did they get the car huh I don't know if they got to keep the car I can look it up let's see I don't know if they got to keep the car but what was I gaining what was I gaining out of this partnership if I didn't get the car right that's SP. I'm a little confused. But that's so funny because a lot of even I see small brands are using dating sites to advertise too now. This was something that happened in London, which is why we weren't aware of it. But basically, they picked five couples to go on a date sponsored by Ford, and they kind of followed them for content. And they ended up at a drive-in movie theater, like a little special blind date for two type of thing. No Mustang. No, they didn't get a Mustang, no. But more than 1.5 million users interacted with the car through Tinder. Hmm. So that was kind of unique. I mean, it's it's taking advantage of a platform that already exists. And I think that that's the name of the game. When we're talking about smart pairings, when we're talking about creative concepts to get your brand out there. And I think that's when it comes down to the creative team really understanding the brand that they're with and understanding what the market is like and what opportunities are out there because those things are ever changing a lot, especially now with social media, so many things kind of go viral and there's waves of attention to certain areas and some brands that can't ride that wave end up obsolete or they end up getting a back of mind seat you know I actually found out and this kind of blew my mind but I found out that a lot of brands aren't ready to invest in TikTok creation and I'm really not sure that is because TikTok is obviously huge and I didn't realize that people weren't taking it seriously but apparently a lot of influencers even are having a hard time getting uh, endorsements because people are still holding on to Instagram holding on to Facebook and not necessarily ready to gamble on TikTok, which is kind of volatile because certain things on TikTok pick up and you never, you never would think that they pick up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that's part of it, right? It's like TikTok is relatively new, but it also has a different sort of user base and there is some crossover, but like what goes viral on TikTok is different than what goes viral on Instagram, LinkedIn, like all that type of stuff. And it's a cost associated with like investing to understand the space and then like craft your content in that way to make sure it works. So I can see why brands like, I don't want to take that bet just yet because like we may have just figured out our social media strategy on Instagram and now we're trying to 
now we've reinvented a little bit to figure out how to do TikTok well. But I feel like TikTok might be um, a little easier than Instagram because mm-hmm. Instagram has so many different ways to interact with people. So you got reels, you got stories, you got all right. this stuff where TikTok is just one platform, one thing that and it specializes in that mm-hmm. one reel or, you know, yeah. one TikTok really well. But that's the hardest in the two, right? Because it's like, it does one thing really well. You got to be good yeah. at that one thing. Or else, like, yeah. I don't, it's savage. It's like a, a chopping block. If you, <laughs> yeah, I don't think brands do well on TikTok, to be honest, as they you do on like, like I think normal with micro influencers probably do better. On yeah, TikTok. yeah, then yeah like, I agree. McDonald's on TikTok is gonna be atrocious. If, I feel like it really depends because TikTok, I think the authenticity factor is higher than it is with Instagram, where it's like, oh, this is beautiful, this looks really nice. But with TikTok, mm-hmm. I've seen even sponsored ads that are them trying to copy like a regular person's TikTok, where they're yeah. like, oh, I'm a mom of three, and they're kind of just trying to like do like a low budget homemade type of content creation thing. But as soon as you see it, something don't smell right. And you yeah. just right past it. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Like it doesn't feel as authentic. Maybe they should utilize micro influencers though. Yeah, that's what we're getting at here. There's a larger yeah. conversation of what brands can put themselves out in what places through what means with what people's cooperation to actually create the perfect storm something that we'll see a lot of people and actually convert people to buy or interacting with the brand. I wanted to ask you guys if you had found or if you've seen recently any good examples of this, a really good pairing between an influencer or a celebrity and a brand, something that's just on your radar. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, I see you have your hand raised. <laughs> uh, yes, Professor SP. I I think so. Saweetie's partnership with McDonald's makes a lot of sense for her and also the brand. One, because if you know Saweetie, her entire thing like has really made her popular. Outside of her music, right? It's just phenomenal that people are really investing in what she eats because she eats like nasty shit that can, you know, nasty combinations. Like you're like, what the fuck? And it's fascinating, right? And so it made a lot of sense for her to do this sort of collaboration with McDonald's because people already invested in what she's eating. She's probably already posted McDonald's hauls, you know, where she's like gotten stuff or whatnot and given them free publicity. So now it's like, how can we actually make this into a thing? When I saw it, I was like, this makes sense. Like, I see how this happened. Like, I could even see her knocking down that door. I was like, hey, look, I have I have an idea for a meal, you know? So that one, I feel like match made in heaven status. Does she do um, like mukbang, mukbang, like eating where she eats a lot at once? She eats a lot at once. And she also like will cook it or like talk about, you know, her different combinations. One time I was watching a video and she's, what do you call them like oysters like oysters and hot cheetos and putting different hot sauce and things on them and stuff you know like she does stuff like that where she like makes video content but they're really popular and it was viral at one point like what the fuck is sweetie eating today i can dig it it's genuine for her it's genuine for her and it felt genuine for mcdonald's because they do do a lot of like collaborations with folks like i remember Y'all remember Mary J back in the day? Mary J. that Burger King? I don't, I don't think she's spicy McDonald's. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> no, I ain't never heard of that one. 
<laughs> oh, you know what? Here's a good time for us to talk about Shaquille O'Neal because he did have a shakaroni pizza. It wasn't necessarily something to sell more food. He was doing it for a cause, but it was like a big pizza, like double pepperoni. And they ended up raising tons of money. And he's been making a lot of moves with, is it Papa John's that he owns? I think he does. He's doing stuff with, partners, with Papa John's. But as a person who has tried the shakaroni pizza, I, I can attest it is nothing but just like a big ass pizza with too many pepperonis on it. A successful partnership doesn't necessarily have to mean that the product is especially good or anything. It's really more about mm-hmm. the associations and people actually coming in and achieving their goals. But Shaq is somebody that, <laughs> I think you brought him up in your poem too, Treasure. He's somebody that I think is an outlier of this whole conversation because his personal brand, everyone already knows, oh, he's, he's just going to get his check. Like, Shaq will get his bag, but he has like a funny personality. That's part of his appeal. Like, he, he's doing it and it's kind of become like a, a trope or a meme that he'll do whatever. So he is kind of outside of this, this whole like world of influence because he can do whatever he wants. He's earned that right. People love him enough that he can do it and get away with it. He, he literally will put his name on anything. He don't even care. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where if you see him, you're like, oh, cool. Shaq has 237 nationally aired TV ad campaigns that are, that are going on right now. Wow. No way. He's just such a anyway. big name that his name isn't going to get diluted by spreading himself too thin. So he has the yeah. luxury of doing that, but not everybody does. Um, but we're touching on something which is The last point of the lesson here, the pros and cons of celebrity marketing versus influencer marketing. One thing that I think is really important to note is that if it's not somebody like Shaq, where we're kind of mildly entertained by what he's doing, celebrities are not necessarily specialists in the thing that they are promoting. And then we also already hate ads. So there's a current trend of people doing something that's out of the box, like really interesting feats, or again, the unlikely pairings, like we mentioned before, or just brand interactions that kind of turn into a big thing, like kind of jumping on a trend, a comment or a video on TikTok and turning it into a whole big thing. Did you hear about the Kyle Shealy meal deal by Come and Go? It's like a quick stop convenience store. Yeah, I saw something really quick about it, but that, that was it. I found him through the ad that came up to me on TikTok about him talking about how he just happened to put this big cutout of himself there just to see if he could get away with it. And then people started coming and taking pictures and ha 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 over it. So the company actually ended up offering him to do this sponsorship. Uh And I was so enamored because I thought that was so cute. And then I went on his page and I thought he was really funny and I started started following him and I went down the rabbit hole of all his content but then it comes out two weeks later that it was all orchestrated he actually sat with the brand beforehand and came up with a cute way for us to do this and then basically faked this gorilla marketing thing Mm. and I felt really let down to be honest I can't lie the organicness of it was the beauty of it that made me excited that it just kind of happened. Dang, that's crazy. Well, that mean that they executed really well then. Yeah, they did. He apologized and everything for it too, but um, I think it would be a cooler story if it just happened because he happened to put himself there. Yeah. 
I find it really interesting that uh, influencers is almost a safer bet than celebrities when talking about brand deals. Again, influencers are specialists and they also are constantly having conversation with their community. That is your target market. It's not a broad spectrum mass advertisement where you're hoping that the people in your market see it, but they actually already have a direct line to those people. And then those people also trust them too. If you see Michael Jordan in like some Hanes underwear, I mean, maybe he wears them, like, but, but you're not necessarily like, oh yeah, like they're the best because Michael Jordan wears them. You know, it's just that like he must've got a check off of it too. So that's an interesting strategy that I'm seeing come about with influencers. And they really are, I mean, making a lot of money. Jeremy, weren't you just saying earlier today that this lady was doing uh, a salary survey on TikTok and the influencers were the ones making the most money? Yep, the influencers were some of the like top ones up there, like CEOs bringing in a pretty big check. But I think, you know, add a little bit of perspective to that. That's probably such a small percentage of influencers yeah. on the platform that's making like those type of bands. Yeah, it's not easy. And we've said that many times throughout this show. The things that you see is influencers do is not necessarily attainable to everybody. Like especially when we're talking about what we were just talking about with TikTok the authenticity factor is huge. You know, like Bang Energy Drinks is handing out sponsorships to everybody and anybody these days. Right. Left and right. And it's like, and I won't lie, actually, I did pick up a Bang Energy Drink because I'm like, let me see what this hype is about. They had like 15 different flavors in the corner store. Let me me just pick one and see. I don't remember what it was like and I haven't felt compelled to get another one since. Have you tried the cotton candy one? It's weird. it was something like it was a weird flavor and I remember being like huh I wonder what this tastes like and I bought it but I don't remember even if I finished the drink to be honest this week myself even on TikTok I saw have you guys heard of slap your mama it's like a season yeah (laughs) this guy I was so excited for him because he was just a regular person just doing TikTok with his family and stuff and he took his mom's pepper shaker and he dumped out all the pepper and he put their seasoning in it. And he's like, let me introduce my mom to some flavor. They're white. <laughs> she didn't even make it to the couch. And she started eating her food. She went back for seconds. And, she, and he was like, <laughs> everyone was joking in the comments like, ooh, I must have put my foot in this today. <laughs> and then she, the mom herself commented and she was like, Jason, because he put her out there. Sneak recording her and slap your mama sent them a little package you know like like with everything like all their products one of everything I mean it's just exciting when stuff like that happens to you not that I care about the brand or have tried it even but that's exciting when stuff like that happens and it's cool to see brands actually paying attention to stuff that happens and trying to at least show that they're authentically engaging with their customers yeah so to wrap it up with celebrities versus influencers both of them the strategy is to use well-known people to influence your target market It's just that the way they are executed and how they influence their target market is different. You have a celebrity that has mass recognition and then you have like a mini celebrity, a local celebrity to the people that you're talking to because they know who that person is in their circle. What do you guys think are some of the pros and cons of this influencer marketing trend? No real cons are maybe coming to me. I think the biggest pros probably for brands are you appeal to probably a younger audience when you use influencers and then it's free marketing in a way 
because if people are already talking about this thing and they're an influencer, that's free promotion essentially. So, so like slap your mama, right? Either they could have they could decided not to capitalize on it and then just sort of say like, let's ride the wave of this free promotion that this like TikTok going viral is gonna get us. Or we can trail out the hype more by maybe like acting as a catalyst for additional content for them to create by shipping them this package. Making it another moment, like, cause now not only do you have the one video of the mom using it, now you're gonna have another video that's like, oh, they got a package and like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. You're fanning the flames, right? So. I don't know. It seems like pros when brands are in, in touch with how people are using their stuff, like what's going down in like culture that sometimes people call it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I guess some of the cons could be brands can't necessarily interact with all of their influencers, right? And they're not going to. Mm-hmm. But just I guess from a brand perspective, it's trying to like a con to, you know, trying to interact with as many influencers as possible. You want to make sure that your brand is also remaining authentic. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see any cons, but it could be a con on the the brand side having to pick and choose who yeah or interacting with. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I guess like bad publicity, but let's say bad publicity is good publicity or any whatever. But if you have somebody who has a big following it's like trashing your thing and like don't use such and such and such. It's like now you gotta run PR uh-huh. on it. Uh this isn't really related, but have y'all seen, it's, ten, it's spiritually related, but you know, Peloton had to do a, a couple of like PR stuff recently because the Sex and the City show reboot came out and uh, one of the main characters died after their Peloton ride. And so a lot of people they already were like- In the show or in real life? In, in the show. So essentially like he had a heart attack. Spoiler alert if you watch Sex and the Fucking City, but he had a heart attack. I don't have HBO Max. Oh, well, no spoiler for you, but he had a heart attack after doing his Peloton ride and people was like, the bike killed him. Oh and my Peloton, God, they just came off of that whole They tr- just came off of that, right, that whole tremor thing. And Peloton was like, the bike didn't kill him, his lifestyle killed him. Wow. I can see the same thing happening in the influencer realm where it's like, you had this one bad experience with the brand and you have a big following and now it's like, we got to do sort of like rapid repair to figure out like, okay, is this a us thing or, you know, yeah. what else is kind of going on? That's crazy. I just can't catch a break, man. They, they can't. <laughs> they can't. And, uh, you know, I'm once I get my house, I'm going to give me one because I'm a, I am a fan of their brand, okay? I am a fan. I think, I think they're just going through a rough patch right now, as is everyone in this world who's living through COVID. Let, this, get, let up on them. Dang. <laughs> They good people over there. I feel like um, the only con is when the brands are out of touch and don't realize they're out of touch. Yeah. Because there are some brands who definitely commit to trying to keep up with what their customers are saying and doing. And then there's brands who are just kind of trying to like cheaply like capitalize on something that happens. You Mm -hmm. can tell the difference. But also they really don't like understand it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they're just trying too hard. And it's like, you don't belong here. Something's off. But then I think about some of the families that I follow on TikTok and the ones who kind of get presented to me that do have sponsorships with Target or something like that, or they have more than one. It's kind of like, it makes me feel like they're only producing content to get sponsorships and not necessarily Mm -hmm. their authentic content. And then mm-hmm. I have families who have no sponsorships, but they just produce great content. I will watch everything that they do. 
I don't know. I think it again goes back to authenticity and just like getting the pulse on what's going on out there and who you are and really understanding what your brand is, what your opportunities are, where your people are at and things not coming across tone deaf and not coming across us trying to market on something that just happened. That's obvious, you know, really truly understanding the motion where we're at. And I think the reason that we brought this whole conversation was because of the celebrity meals and I try to figure out what the fuck is going on with these things. So I wonder as you, the professor, do you think these are effective advertising these are? What's your two cents on these? So we're talking about the Saweetie meal. We're talking about Justin Bieber and his Bieblets or whatever they fucking call them. Sean Mendez, I think, has one with uh, Chipotle. Mariah Carey got a recent one out with McDonald's, which is strange, but she still I got sent one. you that one. I, she should never <laughs> sing that song again. If I was her, I would never sing that song again. People would be dogging her out. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I, I would need to look at the numbers to see how effective they are. Because at this point and at this stage in the game, especially where I'm at as a consumer, I don't really feel like there's much that a brand can do in terms of sponsorships to make me think differently about the brand. The sponsorships for me make me think differently about the person doing the sponsorships. It's like kind of like a a rite of passage, if you will. Maybe I'm not in their target market, but I didn't run to go get a Saweetie meal or, or even a Megan Thee Stallion hot shit thing what was it hottie sauce the hottie sauce like maybe i'm just not their person but i'll eat fast food but there's nothing that you could do to make me want to eat your fast food more than the other i'm in control yeah i think mcdonald's they just turn out so many different partnerships that their partnerships don't even matter it's just like let's just do this they have so much money to throw away yeah but i'm definitely I think it's effective for who they're trying to get, right? Oh, yeah. For, yeah. for like the younger crowd who are very invested in the social, like the true digital natives, right? The people that are younger than us, they're really invested in this type of stuff. Brands that are trying to like get them, you know, get them to really like download their app or promote their sort of like loyalty programs and things like that. Like it, it works essentially. Because I think with like McDonald's, in order to get the meal, you had to have the app. And so like not only did you have to, you know, like figure out what, you know, not only did you have to be exposed as advertising, but you had to download their app, order through their app to get the thing. So now that's one more app download, somebody else in your app ecosystem. Oh, wow. I do think that food is an interesting, and restaurants are an interesting sector and the whole brand thing to watch because it's the thing that isn't going to go away and it's going to have the most, um, there's going to be the most like movement based on what society is doing. So like right now with the pandemic, a lot of restaurants are trying to be digital. Everyone already knows convenience is a factor, but they're all trying to be digital. They're all trying to be more safe, having more drive-through options, getting people in and out. More people are doing takeout. And so they're all trying to stay relevant. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel yeah. like the sponsorship thing comes in play, but it's only going to work out if they if their other factors of business kind of marry with where their marketing is at. Because if you mm-hmm. don't want to eat it, you're not going to go just because your favorite person is there. Right. I love Sweetie, but I hate McDonald's. So I'm not gonna how, go. how can we get treasure to Olive Garden? We can't. can't. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how can we get her Chick-fil-A? We can. 
You're not gonna take months to get tried to go to Chick Fil A. She be trying to hold out, but she really, she really be there any, 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 any day she can. But like, I don't think it's do that. <laughs> so with that being said, we have a little bit of homework for you guys. We are going to pick a restaurant, and we are each gonna try to come up with the perfect pairing for an endorsement deal and or meal for that restaurant. Now, the logic between behind most of these picks is that these are companies that have either been having to downsize and close locations in the last year or two, or are trying to expand themselves in the next year or two and needing a little bit of assistance to do that and to stay at the forefront of public eye. Ooh, so which celebrity can keep these brands afloat? Or which partnership makes the most sense, actually? <laughs> so I have the honor of spinning the picker wheel. And some of the honorable mentions I will say on this wheel include one Golden Corral, another known as the Taco Bell, and another one known as Olive Garden amongst 12 more iconic locations. Are ready to spin to see what is our fate, ladies? Bus driver, spin that wheel. <laughs> Jeremy, share your screen and share your audio so that you can re-spin. Because Treasure didn't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> she put it on the fucking thing. I did not. I put it I on didn't the thing. Nothing about no that thing right there. Okay. Are we ready to spin that wheel? And the brand that we'll be matching a celebrity with is none other than Golden Corral. (laughs) Treasure your face. (laughs) I thought it was going to be cheesecake. I'm excited for this one, though. Yeah, because we were just laughing about it as we were putting it up on the picture. Like, what if we did actually get Golden Corral? And now look what we got. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting because that whole buffet situation during COVID, during the pandemic, is a little bit hairy. But you think um, you can order Golden Corral to go? You can. Hey, affordances and constraints, people. <laughs> okay, we got affordances and constraints. There's a lot of constraints. A lot of, so everybody, a lot of constraints. Everybody listening at home, put your thinking caps on. Think about Golden Corral, your experience there and where they're at in society and where culture is at right now. And we're going to do a little bit of doing. As designers, we do a lot of talking, but in this instance, with all our homework assignments, we're trying to get you hands-on and thinking about the type of consumer you are and the way that you interact with brands around you. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully you walk away with a little bit of insight to the brands you come in contact with every day. I feel like we should put a little bit of constraints on this one and, okay. and sort of say that like the partnership has to be, has to work for, to, to, to attract Gen Z sort of young audience. Since that's the thing that, that a lot of the that a lot of these brand partnerships are doing right now is like they're trying to attract the younger audience. But Golden Corral is going to be along way past us. How are they going to attract the young folk? Hmm. I think that shakes up the table a bit. And also like 
we'll have a better thing to argue about because we're all sort of thinking about the same target audience. That's that true. One. And we all have different feelings about this company. <laughs> all right. That about wraps up this week's episode of the creative block. Thanks for joining us as we discussed ooh, brand partnerships, brand collaborations. I hope you learned a little bit. I know I was a little bit disgusted. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I was thinking about Golden Corral a bit <laughs> and, I, and I had to let on the exhale. Uh, but for those new to the block, we release two part episodes weekly. So this is the first part to an episode. The second part is where you'll see us time to debate around the homework assignments that we're talking about. The first part you learn something, and the second part that we apply it. But we appreciate y'all kicking with us on the block. You can find us on social media, on Instagram at the Creative Block Podcast, or even on LinkedIn. We are there too. So everybody, stay safe. This is Jeremy. Ending the show. Say goodbye, y'all. Peace out. Peace. And I told my mama, she said, That's why I don't like coming here because people just be nasty. They be sneezing on the food. And, and we never went back. Crispy chicken.